Welcome to the Tech Ranch. Now, here is your host, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. I'm really interested in hearing what you have to say about digital real estate. So we're going to get into that a little bit. And we're talking, are we talking personal digital real estate or business or a combination of both? Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so this, this is going to be really interesting. So you want to hang on to that or hang on for that, everybody. Um, Clearview, uh, the artificial intelligence, facial recognition. We're going to do a deep dive into that a little later in the show as well. Um, if you're not familiar with this technology, it's Clearview is basically the leader in, in uh, facial recognition. And what they did is they scraped social media sites for your photos. Mm-hmm. And then they paired them up with, like, when you're walking into an airport or into a concert venue or whatever, and they're like, oh, that's Randy. Because Randy's got such a recognizable face, you know, that you just get picked up all the time or not. Do you get <laughs> it can be a blessing or a curse. Do you get detained a lot at the airport, Randy? I don't go to the airport a lot, so <laughs> I, I can't speak to that really, Marlo. I'm just curious, you yeah, know. No, uh, it's like a Jason Bourne movie, is what it sounds. Yeah, like. it's just it's just crazy, and and you know it's interesting, and and like I said, we're we're going to do a deep dive into this, but I want you to think about this before we get to it. Is that if you're a photographer, and so if I took your pictures, Marvin, Randy, right, and mm-hmm. in the United States, I own that. It's not, I don't have to get a release from you because as the photographer, I own that. Okay. So it's interesting. So this always comes up for debate, like in the celebrity space, you know, mm-hmm. these tabloids where they catch a picture of somebody in their house through a window and they're like a mile away with a telephoto lens, but the photographer actually still owns that. You know, you, you have to take precautions if you don't want to be photographed, I guess, you know, so. It is interesting in this country. So I think that's what's going to play out here. Because when this gets to the courts, I mean, is, is, is the fact that you put images online on social media and then somebody scrapes that, is it really yours or not? Who owns that image now? So it's interesting. Terms and conditions say it's not yours. Interesting. <laughs> it's it's yeah, owned that, by the company. However, I mean, just because it's in terms and conditions doesn't mean it's legal. Uh, no, it's probably not. So, but that's, yeah. That's, especially that, in the United States, this is a very U.S.-specific issue. Because is. in, in Europe, you're being photographed every time you walk down the street, every right. time you enter an establishment, somebody's taking your picture right. or video. Right. Isn't it uh, Kim Kardashian or somebody who's fighting in the court now because somebody... She took, she posted a picture of herself that somebody else took, and the photographer is now claiming that it's theirs. That's correct. That, yep. That's that all the time. Does that hold water? Yes. yes. In the United States, it does. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Legally, yeah. that would stand yeah. up. That's yeah. a little scary. Yeah. You can't even take your own image. You of your person cannot use the image if somebody else took that photo of you. Hmm. Unless you have, unless you have something that says that you own the image after they do it. And, and that's why a lot of people, when they have like photo shoots done or whatever, they get a release immediately so that they own those images. You paid that person to do this, and you own them. So, And then, of course, uh, the end of the password may be here. How many passwords, Randy, do you keep in your head? <laughs> Fewer than I used to as I as I age. <laughs> it's like, like phone numbers. I've taken to writing them down now, whereas I used to remember them. Yep. Of course, I used to use this is this is wrong. I know, but I used to use the same password over and over again, which is a bad idea. Was it password? No, it wasn't password. Did you change the S's? It wasn't that bad, but it was it 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 was as simple. I would say was was the O one password a zero instead? Is that what you did? No, yeah, no. But a couple of dollar signs. I've done that trick as well, but not with that word. It's it's so funny. At the time, I think in fact, I think you and I talked about this more one time, like four or five years ago. The number one password in the country at the time was the word password. Mm -hmm. Almost fifty percent of the people had some password that they used password on. So still out there. Still out there. Oh yeah, I bet it. I bet it's still in that ten to twenty percent mm-hmm. range. People Absolutely. still use it. Or yeah. one, yeah. two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, or something that. that that. And of course, the AI when you're putting in a password like that now, will some of them will tell you, ah, you can't use that one anymore. Right. Yeah, yeah. 
So, yeah, so let's talk a little bit about digital real estate. We'll do a little tease before the break here. So what do you mean by digital real estate? Well, online, I mean, people own are used to owning homes and cars and whatever, clothing right. and whatever else they may bought. But when it comes to digital real estate, you're, people are really quick to give out. I, I just have all my stuff on on Facebook. All right. my pictures are there. I, right. All my images get uploaded to Google or Google Photos, or you know, I just communicate through Twitter. Or, but they don't own any of that. And if any of that ever goes away, or it ever changes, or uh, a crazy Elon Musk just sets it on fire and walks away from it. Um, all of that is gone, and that includes your domains. If you have a personal website or a business website, uh, security certificates, um, your files, all of that stuff is sort of should be in your possession and should always be owned by you, not the web developer, not uh, another business, or not anything. If you are a business, not a personal, you know, an employee shouldn't own it. And I've seen that many times hmm. where they own the domain or they set it up and then they leave and you have no that access business to, it to, or to change it or bring it to them or anything yes. because it's got to be approved over on the other side. So the 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 basic of owning your own digital real estate is having all of that in your possession. Have you run into situations where you have like a, a disgruntled, uh, mm-hmm. you know, former staff member or something and they won't release? Yep. And we've normally been able to recover it. It's happened twice where we had to come up with a new domain name. We are on. Okay, perfect. I think. Yeah, we are on. We are talking about digital real estate, and I have a couple of questions right away. Sure. So you had mentioned that, you know, the stuff I have on Facebook, the stuff I have on Twitter, it's not mine. So everything I, all the photos I've put up, all the posts I've made over the last, 13 years now. That's hard to believe that Facebook has been around, that I've been on Facebook for 13 years. All of that stuff is owned by Meta. Officially, their statement would be, yes, they own it, and they can use it for whatever purpose they deem necessary. Okay. Now, the government's always been kind of picking at that, trying to say that they don't, but when you're what I don't know what they do fifty billion dollars yeah they, it's they don't care they'll pay the right half a million or a million dollar penalty and then just move on right so if I want all my information can I get it you can okay actually. so you, how do you do you that you can download it there there is a it works better in a desktop environment than a mobile obviously yep. because it, now you're talking if you're in your case thirteen years. All of the pictures, all of the posts, all of everything that you've contributed specifically to Facebook, you can go in and actually download all of that. And it's, it's buried in the settings and it changes. That's the cool part about Facebook changes or Facebook settings is they, they are moving targets. They bury links at different levels at different times and they move it. But if you just do a quick search online of how to recover your, your, uh, Facebook photos and that sort of thing, really quickly you can get to where you need to go and download them. It will take a significant significant amount of time. Um, you know, in your case, I would probably let it run for maybe over a weekend. You know, for most people, you're probably in a day. Okay. You can get everything you need. But normally what people do there is that they're trying to recover that and then because they're quitting Facebook or right. temporarily turning it off and they right. just want to make sure they have all that stuff because – you know, it's not like we're taking pictures with DSLRs and we have memory cards and you upload them. Everybody's using these. They're using a phone and right. they just post right from there. And then they may or may not be backing up that phone. And the only place that picture may exist is in the Facebook environment. So is this something that you do occasionally is, is download your stuff? Or would you recommend um, your clients to do this occasionally? I, what I'm talking about with the clients is when they start getting into... Uh, exclusively being on Facebook or social media. So if they have a domain name or they have a, on their business card, it might say Facebook slash be busy consulting. Right. Right. Um, and that's their, that's it. That's the only thing they, they own. That's their 
that's their everything. So for normally sure it would be that, a, a website. Yeah. They're sending everything to Facebook. So in that instance, for sure, you Absolutely. should be backing that stuff up. Because Absolutely. that could just, if they decide to take you down or whatever, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and they have obviously have done this. They If you post something that they don't like, doesn't have to be political, by the way. Right. They just post something that, that you post something they don't like. They have the ability to turn it off. Yeah, and in some cases, I mean, if you look at the, and this is an extreme event, but with the Ukraine-Russian war, they turned off everybody, pretty much, all the businesses in Russia on Facebook. Regardless, they could be a pro-Ukraine right. business because right. they're based in Russia. Right. They're done. You have nothing to do about this, and yet you're still being impacted yep. by it. Yep. So that's a that's so a big event, obviously, and, and it's an extreme but it just shows you how easily they walk in and just flip a light switch, and that's it. You're gone. So in the digital real estate space, um, and I'm just going to use myself as an example because I have There's the ability. There's a lot of digital real estate there. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot. But I think, I think you know, that way I just don't have to pick on anybody else, I guess. So in, in my instance, I have, you know, a following on multiple platforms, Mm -hmm. and then myself. So I have a personal website. And I started thinking about this the other day. Is it a bad thing for everybody to have a personal website? I mean, is is it a place that if you have a host that you can trust, that you can just kind of dump all of your memories and everything there and use it as a placeholder for your things? I think less that you have a... A personal website because that can get weird or hard to manage or okay. if you're dumping all your photos up there yep now it becomes a, a place where it's it's almost impossible if you don't know what you're doing to, to manage the scope of that maybe maybe i, I but, shouldn't say all my photos but like milestone things yeah. like you know if you, you and i took a picture and i wanted to you use that and, and or just keep it up there for for a keepsake type of thing but yeah, but yeah. I, I think i think you know, a lot of people have family websites for, for okay. that sort of thing. Okay. So you have a, uh, you know, MarloAnderson.com, and you, you just keep putting pictures of you and the and the wife and your business and you know all the th- all the major events that you got going on, and that's a great place or depository for it. But you kind of need a way to view it. So then you got to start developing a website or have some right. else do it or anything else. Right. So be, otherwise, it just becomes a file depository right and you can use google photos or whatever for for some of that or just dropbox or you know where you can buy back it up to your computer and also have it on in the cloud that that probably makes more sense as far as personal stuff having a personal email address not a gmail or a hotmail or a yahoo uh, email address that i agree with so you would have, like in my instance, I should have like a Marlo at MarloAnderson.com. Yep. Or Guru of Geek at right. MarloAnderson.com right. or right. something like that. And you, the reason is it's portable. And that's all of this digital real estate, what I'm talking about here with domains and everything else, it becomes portable. So that if if I host it with Marv Dorner at BeBusy.com and all of a sudden I just don't like what I'm getting over there or whatever, you can literally lift those files in the domain and everything else and put it over at MarloAnderson.com yeah, on the server that you're hosting. Right. And all it is is just a simple point over, and you can move the email over by downloading the PST or whatever you want to do and pushing it back up on the other side. And in some cases, if you're hosting it locally on that server, it's a simple migration. And you just migrate it from server A to server B and a new host, and you're set up, and in two days everything's running and you're completely moved over. And and the benefit there is if uh, that company goes out of business or that server blows up or, I mean, there's a million things that can happen yep. by you owning it and you having copies of it, it's easy to just pick it up and move it. And that's a huge benefit. I think one of the mistakes I did when I started National Day Calendar was not going out and claiming all of my the social media mm-hmm. things. So... As you, I, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but of course, so facebook.com slash national day calendar. Okay. And I thought, all right, I'm going to get really good at one, on, at one social media thing and then we'll move on to the next one. Right. 
Well, then I go to Instagram, and National Day Calendar is gone. Of course it is. And on Twitter, National Day Calendar is gone. So something that started out that became kind of popular, uh, other people went out and said, well, I'm going to get that, that uh, you know, that name. So uh, I have the same problem with every other social media platform. So I've, I've had to, you know, like I think Twitter is National Day Cal, and Instagram right. is Nat Day Cal. So there's no consistency to our social media platforms. And I always advise people, if you're starting a business or whatever, it doesn't matter if you're not going to be on TikTok tomorrow, go get your name. Just go register it, get your name, so that when you're ready to move to the platform, it's there. Yeah, I have dozens of dead accounts on just miscellaneous social media platforms and everything else. For that reason, you go out and claim it, and then you know uninstall it off the phone or or just never go there again or <laughs> for that for that exact but, reason you but, never know and it's based it, in many cases it's based on l- location or where your audience lives around here uh in in Bismarck or you know in North Dakota even uh Facebook is the dominant right social media platform right. if you get into more urban areas or or just outside of the the region Twitter starts to kind of encompass that a little bit and instagram is just blowing by everything yep and now tiktok is you know taking over the world yeah it's just destroying everything (laughs) it's just really i mean there's but there's pinterest there's snapchat there's you know there's and and tomorrow there's uh, parlor you know who disappeared and is kind of coming back again now i mean there's there's all kinds of social media platforms that are emerging whether they make it or not is another thing but I, i i just always think now that you know as soon as and this is not a political thing at all, but as soon as I heard that Parler had come out, I because of the lessons of the past, I immediately went there and grabbed National Day Calendar. I just did yep, not want to be in the same situation. Uh, whether I ever use that, if it goes away, that's okay. Um, but it takes five minutes right. to claim your name. You and, and I've gone even further. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Mastodon, but no. it's sort of a Twitter. It's a it's a decentralized. Uh, Twitter kind of knockoff. Okay, and you, you could literally go go back to your office right now and fire up a Mastodon server. Okay, and build your own community there. It's a it's Interesting. A, it's, it's basically just a your build your build it yourself Twitter platform. And I've claimed my name, be busy on I think six uh, different communities that I communicate with and, okay. and one of them's on podcasting one of them's on a uh, podcast that i listen to they have their own little community uh wordpress developers um the, everybody's got their own little group and you can kind of control who comes in and out of that and, and how they manage that but most of them are pretty wild westy it's pretty much whatever you, you can't be soft going into a lot of these master right. services because it's not as policed as facebook and and Twitter. So occasionally there's a few crazies that kind of go off and you just got to kind of scroll past them to, to get what you want. But I went and claimed my name on the ones that I felt were important. Okay. For that reason, because now I, I own at least that little piece. And then what about metaverse? I mean, would you, would you go there and start claiming your name as well? Yeah, where you can. I mean, obviously the, uh, uh, you know, the Facebook and, and Instagram is kind of the, maybe the portal. Right into the metaverse. So right. if you own that, at least you're you kind of at least got part of it. But I think as this grows and as you know, many newer businesses that are coming up are really tech centric. Yep. I mean, nobody builds a, a storefront anymore. You build a website and yep. you sell everything online. Yep. And you work from your home, and so you have to own that. And if if that's going to exist in the metaverse, which you know they're talking about. Kind of almost building streets in the metaverse for well, people there's to a real their business graph right now. So you, you got to get what you can if if it's going to be that important to you. Well, and there's talk that, um, and there are some firms already that are starting to do this. You have mm-hmm. an avatar, and and uh, you're working in the metaverse. Right. You're at a virtual office. You're at home, but you're sitting at the at the at the conference table, all having a conversation, you know, with you, with your avatar. So it's really interesting what's going on in that space. The domain names themselves. So like the .com, .net, .org, how deep do you go there? 
I mean, because you can have what is there seven? No, there's even more than that. I, I think just there's seventy six, but there's more than that. Yeah, there's there's hundreds now. Yeah. It's dot shop dot whatever. Yeah, I mean, you can have dot fm for radio. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can have all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. The, the important one, if you're in the United States and you're doing business, is dot com. Okay, and the rest are great. They're less important than they used to be because uh, for SEO reasons now that that used to be a big deal. You'd have a dot net and a dot org and a dot whatever. It would all come to your website. You could kind of get a little lift off of that. Google's kind of smart enough now to they think, they know I, it just kind of yeah whatever that dot right. doesn't mean. Anything. I guess I think about it more for competition but, purposes. But yeah, trying to keep people from infringing on your name right. and grabbing that it is it is somewhat important. And now it's they're ten bucks a month or ten bucks a year. Right where it used to be seventy and yeah hundred dollars a year. Now it's nothing. It costs nothing to get that dot net dot org. So those are the three, the top three. You would for sure ones. get those. And yeah. would, would you get something like in a radio station? Would you get the dot FM then Absolutely. too? Okay. So because if now, even if you just want to use it for something different, you know, there's dot. I mentioned dot shop. Right. A lot of people have their online stores there and have their their primary website over here, and then dot, their store over I there. I see. And that sort of thing. And uh, you know, I think there's there's so many of those different. Uh, domain designators at the end of it that you can kind of pick and choose the ones that you want and then just bring those into the fold. But the the top three are the .net, .org, and .com. .org is maybe a little sketchy because you they kind of get a little tough about issuing those now. Well, they want it to be nonprofits right. and that type of thing. So you may have yeah. some trouble getting that .org. Right, right. But for sure, the .net and, and, and .com. So and if you're doing a family website, you know, we're talking about, you know, hanging on to your name or whatever so other people don't have it, then you would just do the .com if you mm-hmm. can get it? or Yeah, if you okay. can get it. Okay. All right. Good enough. Let's talk a little bit about hosting. And, you know, we, we, we were referring to the, you know, like Facebook owns your stuff. Uh, if you have it up there, you can download it, by the way. So those of you who are just joining us, you can actually go on to the social media platforms and download your stuff. Uh, they cleverly hide it, but you can do a Google, Google yep. search, like you said, right, Marv, and find out. And it's probably not a bad idea to do that occasionally, especially if that's all you're using for your business. Sure. You know, that would be a big deal. Um, so hosting. So you have a website, and you want to host this. So what do you look for in a host? You know, it's it's uh you always hear about people getting taken down and shut off and they lose the their time. hosting, and it, there's always a weak spot because even you know if you just go out and you you get Bluehost for an example, which is just a pretty basic, uh, easy to set up yep. a web host. Um, there's multi tiers there, and most people just get if they're doing something small, they just get a shared server. So they build their website on them. Well, now you're on a, a node, which is basically a little blade server that's in there with hundreds of other websites. Right. So your website is kind of based on hoping that nobody in that little community all of a sudden sucks up all the resources. Right. Or gets a bunch of malware and starts broadcasting garbage and they shut it down or blacklists the IP with the mail servers. So now you got to move your website and that sort of thing. So it comes down to how much risk you're willing to take. Um, For the dollars you're yeah, willing to invest. And, and, and how much money you're going to spend. Right. So you can own you know, just that little shared server, or you can move up to a VPS, which is kind of the next step up, but you're still kind of in a in a shared resource environment. Where, so it's a virtual private yeah, server. Yeah, virtual private server. So you're, you got your own little piece but it all sucks off the same hard drive space and RAM and bandwidth. Or you can move all the way up to a dedicated server, which is all you. It's just one thing, and and that's what I use. It's all your websites that you built or you host in one little piece. But and much more expensive. I was going to say that everything, every every step you yep. talked about gets more and more expensive. So, right. uh, but you know, you're still you're still held to. Now you're still doing business with a with a company that could turn you off. Yep. You're still based on bandwidth from that server to the internet that could be turned off by whoever hosts or provides that bandwidth. Right. So now you're still there's always a place where you can get and and there's so there's really no way to own all of it. I mean, unless you put a server in your basement and you're running it off of that 
and you own the transport, which good luck. Yeah, you're, you're not going to buy a, a line that's going to get you from your house to wherever to a internet node to a DNS server out yep. onto the internet, unless you're Bill Gates or Elon or one of those right. guys. Right, you're never going to own that. So you got to you got to go as far as you can get to, based on budget and risk. So what about redundancy? I mean, is, is this something that, that a person should be concerned about? You should. Um, that's becoming less of an issue now with the hosts. The better hosts now have redundant uh, platforms in multiple areas of the country. I, I host from a group that's based out of L.A. You know, before we – we should actually explain what we're talking about because I think a lot of people yeah. might not understand. So um, – you know, a lot of times redundancy, I mean, it's a couple of things. First of all, you have your website in a couple of different locations. Mm-hmm. So if the, you know, the server farm or whatever is based in California, hit by an earthquake. That's where I was going. Okay. With the LA. Go, go, yep. go ahead. Go no, ahead. No, no, absolutely. It's, it's, they have one in LA. They have one in Virginia. Okay. So if anything happens in California, earthquake, fire, yep. power outage, um, which extremely could happen right now. Yep. Um, they, with the flip of a switch, route all the traffic to the one in Virginia. And when you say a flip of the switch, it's not that somebody manually does that. Right. This side There's goes down. There's a little down. ping going out. Yep. And, and all, all of a sudden, if it doesn't ping over to that server mm-hmm. over there, it just automatically starts to flow to the Virginia right. side. Yep. Yep. And, and, you know, it's interesting, you know, you mentioned the fire scenario. We actually had, um, not National Day, but, you know, I think... You might know this too. I guess we we host a few other websites mm-hmm. too, not as much as we used to. For some other reason, this one website just continues to get in my way of doing regular business. But it's a terrible. <laughs> There's always one. We're always one, right? Uh, but that and that's okay. But we, you know, we had some websites hosted at a server farm in in the uh, L.A. area, and there it was actually threatened by fire. It was actually licking. The fire was licking the walls of this place, so they finally, they finally shut it down. And this is probably eight or ten years ago, and no redundancy. They were sending out notices about, you know, we're not sure what to do with this. Yeah, we're probably it's possible that we're going to have to shut this thing down. We do have backup as far as power goes, but if fire actually approaches and comes into the building, we're done. You know. Yeah. And it really got me thinking about the redundancy part at that time. So now everything I do has redundancy backed into it. It has to. Yeah. It we, just has to. I used to manage a, a large Internet company, and uh, a backhoe took us down twice in oh, wow. within two days because wow. we didn't have a backup or redundant. Yep. But they were out digging a new hole, and they punched a hole in the fiber twice in two days. Yep. And yep. just like that, you're down. Yep. And when you're and doing things 25 like, million a year, that's big deal. scary. Big deal. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, we're going to get into the Clearview artificial intelligence. So Clearview has a company um, that has developed facial recognition. I would say they're probably the world leader in this. And their database has billions, billions. How many people are in the world now? Three point? Oh, no, seven something. Seven billion? Okay, okay. So they, they've got, you know, close to maybe a third to a half of the world uh, in their facial recognition. Everybody with software. a Facebook account. Well, so that's where this is going, yes. So what they did is they scraped social media, grabbed all of the images, uh, and I'm sure yours as well. Yes, you in the car, you in your house listening to this program right now. They have your stuff. If you're on any social media platform, they have your, your, uh, they've, they've used their AI to map your face. And then when you walk through an airport, or a you know a concert venue or whatever they know who you are it's as simple as that mm-hmm. and my best example of this you guys is is uh when i flew into the orlando airport and delta i was using the delta app and delta has a facial recognition software in place that if you have the app turned on, when you get to the airport, it'll actually guide you on your phone. It has arrows that shows you where your next gate is, or yep. you can say, hey, what's the closest pizza joint? And it'll actually show you on this thing. And what happens is, is as you walk through the terminal, 
the cameras see you and say, oh, you're here now. Just take a left and you'll be at the, at the pizza joint. So they're using facial recognition software to guide you. Now, the convenience is cool, but it's also kind of creepy. Extremely creepy. So, you know, there's significant privacy concerns uh, with this. And so Clearview now has stated that they are going to stop selling the database to private companies. So they have been selling the database to private companies. I don't know if Delta is one of them, but um, but they have been selling the database, and now they're just going to use it for government and that type of thing until they get through the current litigation that they're involved with. And the litigation is about privacy concerns. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. So I've set this up now. What are your thoughts, Mark? Well, on the privacy side or the legality side, there's just been another... Court, uh, court case settled with LinkedIn. They were trying to sue people for scraping their information. Okay. Um, it was decided that that was public and people could scrape it and use it and sell it and use it for marketing and do everything they want. So LinkedIn lost their appeal to that. So, Which is owned by Microsoft, by the right. way. So, so this is not a small player. No, not at all. So that sets a precedent now where this probably, at least based on the current rules and laws set is probably legal for them to scrape all that information and match wow. it up with you. So now it becomes uh, an issue whether someone can prove that it's specifically hurting enough, <laughs> causing enough damage to make it not legal. But then there's the other side, which you just mentioned, that they've been selling it to anybody that wants it for the last however many years. Yeah, a couple of years anyway. It's like a phone list. Once yeah. that gets into the wild... You're never going to recover that. That's why we're on so many spam email lists and so many spam phone call lists. It's It's been sold and sold and sold and sold. Right. And now all this information's out into the wild. And unlike an email address or what, or just a regular address mm-hmm. that uh, gets old after a while, this is your facial recognition. No, yes, we, we age, but facial recognition software yeah. has markers on your face. Right. I mean, you would have to significantly change your appearance for it not to pick it up. And it's not going to change because Marv dyed his hair, you know, brown <laughs> what hair? or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, your beard. Dyed I, my I'm hair. Sorry. I'm sorry, your beard. <laughs> sorry, Marv. But, yes, yeah. it's 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 how the difference in your eyes, you know, the, the center of your eyes, how far yes. that is, where your nose is located, where it's yeah, the structural the, pieces that it's looking for. It's right, not looking right. at the cosmetic yeah, part of it. Yeah. So if you put a toupee on, for example, it's not right. really going to change a whole lot. So the, you know, and there's, there's, there's obviously good and bad with this. The good is the ability to track the criminal element. You know, I can see that being a, a mm-hmm. huge deal moving forward. Um, you know, as we get, uh, as there are more and more cameras out there, I mean, there are cameras everywhere and that's, that's all a topic for another time that maybe you and I should talk about, but you know, we're, it, it's interesting that big brother is us. That's what I think is really interesting about it. It's not that the government has a ton of cameras out there. They do, but it's us. Yes. We have actually become big, big brother. Because we all carry a device and we record everything. And we spy on ourselves. We help them out. It's unbelievable. It's, it's it really is. So the facial recognition part, and it, it, it gets even scarier to me when, um, you know, so like my last Disney World experience, they were actually taking fingerprints when I walked in. Really? I, that's I, interesting. I actually stopped because she was like, press your thumb on the thing. What they do is they use your thumbprint to coordinate with your ticket so that you're not, um, so that you don't hand your ticket off to somebody halfway through and they can come in at two o'clock in the afternoon or whatever. Your ticket is corresponds with your thumbprint. So they're, you know, circumventing that. But I was thinking about that as I'm, I'm walking away. I said yes because I wanted to go to Disney World. Um, and I'd already paid for it. Right. I mean, that's the thing, right? They didn't, I didn't see anything about that. They're going to fingerprint me when I'm going in right. for this stuff. Uh, but Disney probably has the world's largest database of fingerprints. It's not, it's not a government. Right. And it's not the U.S. government. They're yeah. getting people from everywhere. So what is Disney doing with this information? 
I mean, I'm just yeah. throwing that out there. It I'm is. not saying that they're corrupt in any way, but but you know, if somebody comes along and says, "I'll give you a billion dollars for this information," I would have to think that Disney would think about it, right? Yeah, the conspiracy part of my brain is just yeah, absolutely running at turbo speed right now. And then you combine facial recognition with all this stuff, and I mean, we're getting to a point that you really just can't go anywhere without being recognized. So, how do you feel about all this? I mean, do you, do you are you okay with it? Or I mean, not that we can change it anyway. Yeah, but. I'm more okay with it than uh, probably many people would be. Uh, I'm pretty open. You know, on social media, you can find me and. I, I, I kind of spend a lot of my personal stuff on Facebook, business stuff on Twitter, you know, and just kind of scattered it that way. But, okay. uh, yeah, you, you can find out most things about me on social media, which I, I kind of gave up, you know, five, six, ten years ago, <laughs> just I was trying to fight the fire and, right. and kind of leaned into it a little bit. Okay. But I can see where this could get, I mean, just doxing somebody. I mean, trying to find somebody where they live and, and to go po- protest in front of their house. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot easier than it was uh, just four or five years look ago. Look at what's going on with our Supreme Court justices right mm-hmm. now, right? I mean, that that is a really interesting scenario. And you're right. People couldn't have done that not that long ago. And, yeah. and I mean, their neighbors might know they live there, but right. I couldn't find out where, you know, some political figure lived to go stand in front of his house right. with a placard. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, after the break, everybody, we will continue our conversation on facial recognition and other things. And we're also going to get into the day of the password and the fact that maybe we won't have to use them anymore. Everybody's in here crossing their fingers. Oh, my goodness. You know. Has uh, disposable time. And wife's on vacation. Or well, I didn't so. know about the wife being on vacation. I knew about everything else. <laughs> and you've done this before, you know, last second. And, and I really appreciate you coming in. It's been a great conversation so far. Um so Clearview AI, the facial recognition uh, stuff, where do you see this going? Do you have any thoughts as to, you know, outside of just, you know, crime prevention, mm-hmm. security, that type of thing, do you see other things happening with facial recognition? Have you, have you seen the movie Minority Report? Yes. Where he's walking through the mall and he's getting ads specifically yes. broadcast to him? That's not that far away. Okay. I don't think. I think on your phone you're already seeing it. Right. You visit a, you look something up on Amazon or on a, a shop shopping cart. You go to the next website that follows you there. So I, eventually, this could very easily be put into a shopping situation where if you're looking things up and then you go to Walmart or XYZ shopping company and you walk through, there could be a directional just speaker aimed right at your head, saying, "Hey." We're over here. You know, that thing you looked at a minute ago, it's that baseball glove. It's right back here in our sporting goods department. Interesting. So I, I, I think that's going to happen. I don't know where it is or it'll probably be based on this court case on how intrusive they can get. Okay. But the information's already out there. So the retailers are probably not far behind of sending that money that direction to try to recover that. Well, and I know that, uh, you know, what you're talking about. Some of that is already happening because, you know, Apple and, and Google track where you're at on your phone mm-hmm. and they're getting pretty good. I mean, I've, I've been in a mall situation and I get a notification on my phone and it's not the markers or I forget what the, the signal devices were that were out there that finally got outlawed like six months into it. Uh, beacons. Yep. There were beacons that, that you couldn't broadcast. You can still use beacons, but not for advertising purposes. Uh, but they don't need them anymore because they're so good at knowing where you're at anyway. Right. And uh, you're standing out in front of a, a Nike store, and on your phone, here comes an ad for 10% off, you know, or whatever, mm-hmm. right now. You know, it's just amazing what's going on. So I think you're right. I think I think advertising will be a big deal in facial recognition. Any any other thoughts? You know, I think I think it's going to be a uh, a way of speeding things up. I, th- I think presenting an ID for almost anything in five or ten years is going to be gone. Do you I think, think that, gonna... so like like uh, when you're shopping, do you feel that you can just pick everything up and, and it'll know in your shopping cart what you um, have and then you can walk through and just well, pay with your face? 
kind of already done in the in the Amazon stores, yes. out in you know California and, yes. and Washington. So that's that's similar, except the payment process is based through your phone rather than your face. But I think that's again another fairly easy integration as long as it's allowed to take place. But I think just going up to going up to uh, Delta getting on a plane you know you have a ticket on your but right. why why wouldn't that be easily tied to some sort of digital passport that has your flight information and your id and your probably your credit cards or your, whatever you're doing everything you sync together and yep. you just walk up and you're going to get on the plane the thing scans you and it goes hey welcome marlo seat 3b <laughs> and then you walk on and it is Starting to kind of get there as well. I mean, I know even in our local airport, when you go through TSA now, they don't even ask you for your passport or your uh, um, boarding pass yeah. most of the time. It's just your ID. Yep. And then they just look in the, you know, they, they scan it and it shows what flight you're taking or whatever already. Mm-hmm. So they're already integrating all of this stuff. This is just the next evolution of this. So very interesting. Um, the payment system... I never really thought about that before. Could be interesting. I mean, you think about, I've always thought like when you go through a drive through like at McDonald's or Burger King or whatever, um, that your car would become the payment method. But, you know, where you'd actually, your car would talk to, would, via Bluetooth or whatever, would sure. talk over and, and it would just transfer and then you wouldn't have to pull your credit card out or whatever. But, you know what? As I'm thinking about it now, it's going to be your face. Yeah, it really well, will be your face. Just have a camera three spots from where you're picking up the food. Yep. it'll scan your yep. face. And if there's a a problem with it or something, it'll make you pay at the next next window or whatever. But otherwise, you just keep right on trucking. So, what about medical? Do you do you think that there's a play here that that you know you go through some place and you'll get an alert on your phone that says you know. Your your shade is a little off from what you used to be. We're sensing that maybe you're you're having some hypertension or something along these lines. Do you think that's possible as well? I think down the road, maybe it's already kind of built into your watch a little bit. The yep. Apple Watch and stuff start to check for sleep patterns and and your your not your blood pressure, but your your heart rate and that sort of thing. So it's checking all of that stuff, and it tells you to get up and move. It tells you you know. Hey, maybe you should take take a break. If you're exercising too hard, right. if your heart rate's too high. Right. So I think all of that could happen. I, I don't know where the where the uh, facial recognition would come in, but I think the on de, on person devices are are set up for that. Okay. And I think they're already kind of there, and I think they just they're they're kind of regulated, so they can't check blood sugar levels and they can't check your actual blood pressure. I don't think yet. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. But there's markers. I mean, I know that there's there's a move on for th- this is kind of a crazy thing too. Well, I don't know. I, it just seems interesting that like when you use a restroom in in like a government facility or whatever, they're gonna start. They're gonna have the ability to actually test and give you some results. So if you're <laughs> if you're <laughs> experiencing like a high blood sugar scenario or whatever. The toilet is going to tell you this stuff, you know. Um, the scary part of that is where it's stored. This is exactly what all this is right. about, right? I mean, who has information? Right. Who has this information about you? So all of a sudden, so, an insurance company buys your health history for the last two and a half yeah, years and yeah. goes, "Ooh, man, we got to increase Marlowe's rate because right. uh, yeah, eating a little too much sugar." Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, so that's the spooky part. It is the spooky part. I mean, all this stuff is building a profile about you more and more all the time. So much so that they know more about you than you know about yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's probably very true right now. So so later this year, you will be able to sign in to various web accounts without using passwords. Uh, they'll use a system to push to your smartphone to authenticate. Um, basically, so if you're on a laptop, for example, uh, it'll connect to your phone via Bluetooth. And it's the authentication that you do with your smart device that then allows you to access websites and that type of thing. So, Randy, how do you feel about the end of the password? I'm kind of doing that now. So there are some things that you do this with now, the two-factor authentication. I'll get a a code, right, multi-factor authentication. I'll get a code on my cell phone, and I'll enter the code, and I'll 
gain access to whatever site it is. But you're already, you, but you're still putting a password in with that, and you get I'm that still secondary putting a password one, right? In, right. Okay. Right. Okay. Exactly. So this, this, so we're kind of doing that now in a way. It's it's going to take away the. You won't have to add that password anymore because right. their premise is that you've already done that with your smart device. You've mm-hmm. put a password in there already, so that's the first of the multi-factor authentication is that you've actually signed into your phone. Uh, you know, most people, when you sign in, you got your little four or six digit thing that you do, or you got biometrics going on, whatever there's going on there. So they're saying that because you've done that with your phone, we just need mm-hmm. one more factor. And that is probably send you a four or six digit code or whatever it is. If that makes it, sense. It does make sense. Okay. Um, I don't know if it makes it more secure. To do it there, it does because it's sending it specifically to that device, not to uh, just broadcasting but through how, email or anything like but how that. How can this go wrong? <laughs> how can this go wrong? This battery can be somebody dead. will figure a way to well, yeah, this there's, whole system. So there's a couple ways. You're right. The yeah. battery could be dead, so then you can't get into your bank account that mm-hmm. way. Somebody can whack you over the head mm-hmm. and take your take phone. Take your phone exactly. And then there's that too. But there's you know, people can crack passwords too. I mean, if somebody really wants to get into your bank account, I, I had read somewhere they have a little little uh, thing, a little software piece. I forget the name of it now as I'm closing my eyes and thinking about it here. Uh, but most passwords can be cracked in less than a minute if they really want to get into your stuff. Yeah. If you, and then the majority of them in 10 minutes that are out there right now. So if anybody really wants to get into your stuff, you know, they really can. What's interesting is that for every, and this is why they do this, by the way. So when you put a punctuation mark in there, uh, and one of them has to be capitalized and you have to have two or three numbers in there, every time they do that, the ability for a hacker to go to break into your stuff goes up exponentially. So if you use the word password and you put a zero in instead of an O, that's that's a five second hack for most because that's where they start and then this piece of software just goes crazy trying to break into your stuff you know so it's really interesting um, and the other thing is and this is probably to me the bigger deal you guys is that many computers nowadays have key loggers on them you don't know this but you're in there uh, working your computer and the viruses nowadays the trick to viruses is that they don't want you to know there's a virus on your computer. They want to know the information you're putting in, so they they it's called a keylogger. So when you go to your bank and you type in your username and password, they know this because they're actually logging the keystrokes on your keypad. Okay, right. This disappears, 100% disappears with this, because every time you get a new code or every time you go into the website, it's a new code that gets sent to your phone. So that totally takes that out yeah. of the mark. So and the man in the middle attacks. You know, if you go to a cafe and you're logging into their Wi-Fi. Oh yeah, yeah. I never even I mean, thought about that. You're not broadcasting anything anymore, other than an encrypted token saying, "Yep, I'm here. Log me in." Right. And now there's not a a password or a, a authentication code or anything that you have to log in on your device or on your laptop. It's uh, that takes that right off the table. Explain man in the middle so everybody understands. Man in the middle is uh, if sometimes you go to a I'm not, I don't know how prevalent it is anymore, but it used to be pretty prevalent where you could just set up your own Wi-Fi endpoint. You could if you were a nefarious. It's more prevalent than you realize. Yeah. So if yeah. you just go in and you set it up, and you say it's the you go to Starbucks. We'll just throw them out there. And you call it Starbucks, yep. and people go to the cafe, and they sit down, and they go look for a Wi-Fi, and they see the strongest signal, which is the guy sitting right next to him right. other than the, the building, and they log into that. But that's connected to the Wi-Fi out to the real world. So everything that is sent from your computer to that Wi-Fi hotspot with that guy's running in his backpack is captured and saved and logged so that if they want to find your passwords or they want to find your your uh, phone numbers and whatever else you're broadcasting, they can get all that information off that Wi-Fi hotspot. So there's another piece. This this should scare people into why you need to be really confident that you're logging on to the right stuff uh, when you're out in public. I know this is off the passwords, but it's a good good conversation. Um, there are sniffers out there as well. And I was at the affiliate summit. This is like three years ago. It's been around for a while, actually, this technology. 
and I was logging on to my computer, and the guy in, in the uh, um, green room area, and the guy sitting next to me, he's like, "You're not logging on to the public Wi-Fi," and I said, "Well, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna check a few things." And he goes, "Well, don't check your bank accounts." Where I said, "I obviously," he said, "No, I never do that." Uh, but he goes, well, watch this. So he fires up this piece of software, and this is on the public Wi-Fi. This is running through the hotel, and all of a sudden up on this screen, it just just non-rolling. There's like 2,000 people logged on to this because this is a huge conference. And, of course, the majority of them are checking their bank accounts because they're at a casino, sure. and they're wanting to know how much money they have left that they can go spend or whatever, Right. So it was really interesting to see this, and he's like, "This this software is available anywhere. Oh, yeah. You can just get this stuff." And, and but by and not sending passwords, now you've eliminated eliminated can, all of they this. They can see that you're going there, right? They just can't. They can't access there. it. Yeah. yeah. So that's the, that's the, uh, the the trick of this whole thing. So it's it's pretty ingenious. Um, are you guys going to miss passwords at all? Or no, no. <laughs> I mean, I have a LastPass account. Yeah, and, and a one pass, and I, you know, use these password loggers, and and they have these long sixteen, eighteen character passwords for almost everything because all I have to do is remember the one. Right. And uh, it's really going to be nice to be able to just go somewhere and be recognized and logged in. Yep. And authenticated. I, they're still going to have to allow some sort of a password backup. Just I would have for the to... transition plus if. Like I said, this thing dies. Right. You don't have your phone with You're you. You're going to have whatever. a secondary type of right. scenario. But I, I'm with you. You know, I, I use some things. Uh, StreamYard is one of them, for example. You know, there is no login at all. You type in your email address. They actually send an email to you at that point, and it comes in with a six-digit thing. One-time use only. It's only good for, like, five minutes. Yep. And, uh, and that's how you log in. I do say, I will have to say that, I occasionally complain about that because I'm like, oh, man, I have to go check my email now to get into this thing. But then I think about how many times I sit there and I try this password, nope, this password, nope, this password, <laughs> nope, this password, nope. You have eight more attempts. Yeah. Then you're boom, locked boom, boom. out. And then you're locked out. All. Right, right. So so it is actually a time saver, but you just have to get in the mentality mm-hmm. that this is actually a time saver and significantly more secure. Yeah, and that's been a... Passwords have been a hang-up for anybody in the tech support industry. Everywhere. has been. There's probably more calls about passwords and not being able to do it, or can you reset my password? Right. Or, you know, I just, you set it up for every 30 or 60 days. Everybody has to come up with a new password, and it's got to be a certain length and contain well, all these special characters. And, and everybody's demands are different, yeah. right? The bank that you're at, you know, then, then your Google or Apple account is different, and, and one of them has a rotation of, of 90 days, one has a rotation of 30 days, another one doesn't have a rotation at all, and before you know it, you have 1,800 passwords <laughs> and variations of the same password, and you're like, oh my goodness, which one do I try on this one now? Yep. It's just it's just an insane way of uh, having access. So I'm excited about this. Yeah, when I, I, I and this has come up several times throughout, what, the last four or five years that it's never going to happen, and then now that you're saying... Microsoft and Google and Apple have all kind of finally signed on. Yep. Apple's kind of been the one that's always been dragging their feet because they they love everybody just to play within their walls. Right. And for them to sign on to it means it's finally probably going to get some right. movement. Right. Yeah. So look for the FIDO Alliance, F-I-D-O. I'm not sure if that's a dog reference of some kind or what, but yeah, I don't know. You know, Rover, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Tech Ranch with the Guru of Geek, Marlo Anderson. This has been a Q1 Network production. 